The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's going on, everyone? Uh, We're having some technical difficulties. So uh, instead of giving the full studio affair, you're going to get the uh, MTV acoustic uh, unplugged version here. Uh, I don't have my sound effects. I don't have Kyle 5000. All I have is my heart, my spirit, and uh, the sunken joy from the past few weeks. Uh, for those who don't know, my name is Sour Death Sam. For those who do know, unfortunately, I'm back. And this time I have less bells and whistles, but we still have a lot to talk about. Uh, obviously, we've had uh, the big blockbuster trade that I was hoping for. I got to do the best of what I got. Uh, and we had it in Chase Young. That was really exciting. We also have the news that we got a friend who normally sits upstairs, who will now be down on the field. We'll talk about Steve Wilkes later. And uh, we've got a lot to cover because we are coming off of three losses. We're about to jump in after our bye week. And I think we, it's safe to say that we're all hoping for a different result than uh, what we've been seeing. So one thing that I would like to sort of jump into before I bring on a special guest who I'll get into in a minute, um, is I want to talk about our defense. And not only do I want to talk about our defense, I want to talk about how our defense actually compares to where it was this time last year. We all have a kind of a short-term memory. First of all, hold on. I got to, I got to, I love you, bro. Your food takes kind of suspect, but your heart, it's so pure. And this may be the best channel, but you're my favorite person watching. And if anyone else is listening, you're also my favorite person watching. Um, but one thing I wanted to cover is I think it's easy to forget that, especially after three back-to-back-to-back losses, that last year feels like it was a roaring success. But at the same point, 
that we are now that we were we were last year we were four and four and there are some statistics that suggest that we are actually improving in more areas than not when it comes to our defense now let's let's be clear obviously our defense needs improvement we've given up too many plays that have cost us games that is is clear but I do want to bring to your attention some t- some statistics that I found interesting that I pulled off of PFF. So let's dive right in. So one thing I found interesting, and this is comparing 2022 versus 2023 um, with at, at the same point of the year, right? So when it says 2022, it wasn't the full season. This is up to eight games played. In 2022, um, the average pass rush grade was 63.23. This year, it's 66.34. Statistically, that's an improvement. Pass rush win rate for defensive interior and edge positions. Keep in mind, same thing for the last one, defensive interior and edge positions. Uh, The pass rush win rate was 15.43% in 2022. an improvement. And it's so weird to see this stuff, right? Because you you look at the defense this year, you think downgrade. This is where you get to see that downgrade, of course, is the sacks. Obviously, last year, we had um, 30 sacks up at this point, which is bananas to think about. Uh, this year, down to 21. However, when we talk about quarterback hits, hits are up 41 from 26 in 2022 and quarterback hurries at 123 from where we were last year at the same time at 87 improvements for the most part but that sacks number very important big reason why they brought in chase young and let's talk about the coverage the catch rate down this year that's a good thing the Quarterback rating against down this year. That's a good thing. Coverage grade, again, a slight upgrade. It's so weird to see these things because you're so convinced that this year's defense is not as good. And let's be clear, it has given up too much. But I want to bring these statistics into perspective to say that this time last year, we were also not doing as hot as we might remember. Uh, And this is the last one I'm pulling up here which is total interceptions and pass breakups. When it comes to the pass breakups, those are down, but the interceptions are up. We had six last year at the same time. We have 11 this year. And I feel like it's easy to forget these things. I feel like it's easy to get caught up in sort of, this is the worst defense we've seen in the last four to five years. There is room for improvement. Everyone in that building knows it. I just wanted to paint these statistics on the on the canvas right now because I, I think it's interesting just to look at where we were last year, where we were this year. I'm not trying to say anything crazy. Uh, I'm not trying to say uh, we're exponentially better off with Steve Wilkes uh, than we were with D'Amico Ryans. All I'm saying is, it's interesting to put these things side by side. It's interesting to see that our pass rush grade is better this year from the same point last year. 
But here's the key point is where are those sacks coming from? And I'm going to be, sh- I'm going to be sharing a conversation with someone who I am very excited to have on. Uh, he is a Niners nation savage. He has been on his grind for a very long time. It's been really fun watching him do his thing on Twitter. And now for Niners nation, a great group of people over there, writing over there, shout out KP. Uh, we got Rohan, Rohan, Rohan. I'm going to say Rohan. My gut's going to say Rohan, Rohan Chakravarthi. I think I got that right. Applause sound effect coming in right now. And um, I'm excited to bring him on. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and bring him on. Ladies and gentlemen, Rohan, what's going on, dude? How you doing? Hey, man. First of all, I got to say, name perfect. So that that's uh, out, of the, out of the way. But uh, hey, hey, I'm always uh, definitely glad to be here for the first time on the Sour Dad Sam show. I mean, we know you from Twitter for sure. So definitely glad to be here and uh, share the next hour with you. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, obviously we had some technical difficulties. So thank you for being patient. Very unusual circumstances. Uh, Still don't have answers. I look forward to the very uh, scathing email I'll be sending later this evening. But uh, we're here on StreamYard. Shout out StreamYard. Uh, Less features, more fun. That's what I say. So uh, let's hop right in. So first and foremost, let's just jump into the most recent story here. Uh, it's kind of low hanging fruit. Let's just tackle it. Cause I think it's kind of a quick, you know, answer here, which is we got Steve Wilkes moving from the booth down onto the field. Is this just optics? Do we sense any substantive difference in how this may affect our defense? Where do you sort of sit with this? I'm I'm kind of uneven about the move. I think there are a couple of things that we can unpack here. One, Shanahan said that the reason they want to do it is for better communication with the linebackers. That's something that he probably feels hasn't been the case and perhaps has led to some of the issues defensively. But I said this before the bye week when this discussion was coming up. I don't think this is nearly near the top of what the 49ers' true defensive issues were. And I don't know what this move is truly going to yield. If it works out, good on Shanahan for saying it. But I think the reason they did this move isn't for Steve Wilkes himself. It's more for Shanahan in being able to communicate and potentially take on a bigger role with the defense in relaying or in you know communicating with the defensive coordinator, with the play calls, drive by drive, how things are going and things like that. Because it's tougher, obviously, to communicate with him in the booth. But Steve Wilkes said at the beginning of the season that he's more comfortable working from the booth. He can see things better, and that aids him in his work. Right now, the 49ers are going away from what he's comfortable with and what he openly has said he's comfortable with in order to try and make other people comfortable. With Wilkes being a part of the issue, although I don't believe he's nearly the, like, you know, I I don't think he's the sole blame for what the defense has gone through over the last three weeks, but with Wilkes being part of the issue, you do hope He's in a comfortable position for him to kind of get turn things around and things like that. But the 49ers, they feel differently. They probably feel that this move was necessary for communication with Shanahan, for communication with the linebackers. And the other thing that I'll say is a lot of people think this might re-energize, you know, the defense in a way because of how D'Amico Ryans and Robert Sala was. We don't really have much evidence that Steve Wilkes has been that type of guy. I'm not saying he isn't a leader. He's certainly a leader. He's just a leader in a different way. And so that's why I'm not exactly ecstatic about the move, but I'm intrigued to see what results yield coming out of the bye week. 
Yeah, no, and I think you hit on a very important point here, right? Which is that he came out of the gate effectively saying, hey, this is my comfort zone. I like to be able to see everything in front of me from the booth. Uh, and it's not a good sign when, A, there's smoke coming out uh, from people saying, oh, Shanahan's attending more meetings. Leash is getting a little tighter. And then specifically taking him out of his comfort zone uh, for no other reason. This is clearly not Steve Wilkes' decision. This was a decision that almost certainly came from Kyle. Um, and, and because it came from Kyle, it anytime you ask your defensive coordinator uh, to do something they don't want to do, clearly they're not on the same page as perhaps they hoped they would have been uh, before the season started. So does that give me concern? Sure. I mean, absolutely. You don't ever want to see Kyle Shanahan at odds with anyone because the last person you want in the doghouse besides a rookie receiver is your own defensive coordinator. Um, and so there are concerns there. Do I think it's going to affect the play? Uh, I think if I think more than it's going to affect communication, I think it has affected Steve Wilkes. Like, I think this is more of a signal to him that something has to change than it is anything that is substantively of value to improve the quality of the defense. Unless that plan is to subvert Steve Wilkes at a certain point in the game and just not have the shot up in the booth where he's sitting there not opening his mouth and just listening. Um, so there is a little bit of concern here. Um, it, it's it's not encouraging to me, especially after all of these years where it felt like both the defense and the offense were so lethal. It feels at the moment like Kyle is beginning to sense the defense is more of a liability than we ever could have feared. No, definitely. And I think you bring up a lot of good points there. I think the right now it's kind of the wait and see mode because we just haven't seen Steve Wilkes in this role, right, for the 49ers. We've seen him in this role, perhaps with I mean, the the most recent time was when he was with the Carolina Panthers, but that was as a head coach. That wasn't as a defensive coordinator after he got it, you know, after he got the 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 interim role and things like that. So it, it'll be intriguing to see how this goes. For me. While I was a fan of the move given his experience, it is intriguing to see him with the experience that he's had compared to other 49ers defensive coordinators undergo this type of these type of issues, you know. Especially I think it's just purely the mix of what they've done in the past and what he's trying to incorporate. I don't know if the blend has worked as well. And maybe this is a way the 49ers are trying to go back to what they did in the past. Steve, sorry, you might not like it but this is what we did in the past. This is what our players resonated to in the past. So we're just going to throw you in there and we're hoping that the transition works out or that the impact on our players is, you know, outweighs the the negatives. Totally. And and one thing that I noticed that Richard Sherman had said, and then we can sort of transition here, but I, it, it just keeps repeating in my head is he effectively was suggesting that we're not letting our defensive line pin their ear, ears back and go like we have in years past. They're pulling you know, all kinds of tricks out of the bag. And I think what Richard Sherman was alluding to is let these boys do what they do best and what they've been doing best for a while, which is pitting their ears back, racing to the quarterback, because that may very well be the difference between uh, hurries and pressures and sacks. 
because clearly they're they're still making an impact on the defensive line. But until that quarterback hits the ground, the impact is not felt in the way that it has been previously. Because when we were watching 49ers defenses over the course of the last three years, one of the one of the key signals that I knew that the game was over is when they were demoralized by our defensive line. Like there was just no hope left. And we haven't really seen that yet. Not in the way that that I've been hoping for. If anything, I feel like our offense has been demoralizing teams more than our defense has. But I don't know. Maybe Dallas would say otherwise. Um, yeah. But one topic I want to hop to is our young, illustrious quarterback hitting a rough patch in Brock Purdy. Uh, he's effectively hit Brock bottom. This is the third game that he's lost. Um, what I found interesting is, well, first of all, the common de- we've we've played eight games. The common denominator between the games that we have won and the games that we have lost is that Brock Purdy has only thrown interceptions in the games that we've lost. This comes down to taking care of the football, something that used to be uh, one of Brock Purdy's strengths. I still think it is, but ultimately he is not taking. And and look, this is interesting too. In the last game, in our in the Bengals game that we just played, where we lost 31 to 17, he threw for the most yards he has thrown all season and had his second highest completion percentage. But guess what? Two interceptions is not going to win the game. Two interceptions is the difference between 30 points on the board or not. Because if he had gotten those 14 points on the board, at minimum it's 31-31. But instead, we're dealing with turnovers, and those turnovers are going to cost him. So where do you think this goes from here with Brock Purdy? Is this a sign of more bad things to come? Or do you sense that after this bye week, we are going to receive a turnaround uh, comeback story? I, I do think that there is, you know, the 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 area for a comeback. I don't think that what Brock Purdy has shown in the three losses is fully reflective of what he what he generally is, I think it's a reflection of maybe his lower part, maybe his floor or something like that when you consider it. Because when you look at the way Brock Purdy's played, you're right. Interceptions has been the reason, or interceptions plus fumbles, whatever you want to consider. Turnovers have been the reason that the 49ers have lost in the last three games. And they've also just not capitalized on certain situations. You're in opponent territory. You're you're getting yards and things like that. It's just you haven't put the ball in the end zone. and while Steve Wilkes has been a scapegoat for this team, the 49ers offense has only scored 17 points in three consecutive weeks. That isn't going to cut it, especially in a Shanahan-level offense when you see the first five weeks what they did. I think execution, though, across the board has been kind of not as good overall for the 49ers. And Shanahan alluded to this prior to the bye. He said how we've done a lot of the little things not as great. It's just we were so explosive that that overcame some of the little things. And now when the explosives aren't hitting at such a high rate, you're also seeing, you know, the offense take a hit. And I, this is exactly what I was going to point to in terms of execution. The run game is really the number one denominator in the last three weeks. That has not looked as good. Christian McCaffrey's injured. Trent Williams has been injured. So you can point to the injuries being a key reason and also a key reason for the turnaround in the second half of the season. But the run game hasn't been as efficient. You're also not running the football as much. You can attribute it to you being down for certain portions of the game, but they were close 
with Cleveland. They were close with Minnesota. And up until the end, they were pretty close with Cincinnati as well. So I do think that, you know, you got to pick some things up with the run game. Shanahan knows that. And that's why I believe the turnaround will come through. But for Purdy, I mean, the role for a 49ers quarterback is pretty simple. It's you got to just be able to complete a good amount of your passes while, you know, just hitting the open targets while not throwing interceptions. Purdy did that well in the first five weeks, hasn't done that well as much in the last three. And that doesn't mean he hasn't played good football. I honestly thought he played a really solid first half against Cincinnati, but that second half cost the 49ers the game. It's things like that where you got to just be consistent for four quarters. And I think it also is a reflection on the offensive line. I mean, if you look against Cincinnati, Purdy in a clean pocket, 15 of 18. He did have one interception in a clean pocket, but he was 15 of 18. He completed 83% of his passes in when he was under pressure. He was 7 of 13, you know, a 50, 54%-ish type of completion rate. And that's where, when you talk about the turnover-worthy plays, his turnover... When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. where the play rate when under pressure was around 16%. It's making sure he gets clean, which is a reflection on him getting the ball out soon, but also you got to make sure that, you know, he's, he's got to make sure that those turnovers don't happen. Completely. And it, the run game is going to have to be an essential ingredient here, or we're going to find ourselves in a place where a one dimensional offense is not going to cut it. I do think that this bye week is going to be of tremendous value. Um, I would like to believe that. Certainly it gives the players more time to heal. Hopefully we get Debo back. It seems like all indications are that we will. Trent Williams, perhaps a different story. But Christian McCaffrey gets a little bit more time to get himself back together. Uh, we need ourselves to reset because ultimately we have a NFC West that is tighter than I think we initially thought it might be. Um, it's, it's to a point where all of a sudden I wake up and check to make sure that Seattle is still not in front of us because they're breathing down our neck. I'm having nightmares about this, but the truth is, is that they're earning their keep. I mean, obviously they lost their last game, but guess what? We're 
effectively neck and neck. And we, in order to create separate, in order to create separation, we are going to have to stack games together and do so convincingly. And it just so happens that they're going to be one of our opponents twice. So it's going to be a very important second half of this season. And if Brock Purdy is who we think he is, he will pull it together. He will execute at a level that is both efficient and safe. And we will find ourselves in a position where Kyle Shanahan's offense is going to hum and run the way it's supposed to. Otherwise, we not only may be looking at a tough time in the postseason, we may have once again a lot of questions about the quarterback position, which to me sounds like a nightmare. You don't want to go through it for what is it, an eighth consecutive offseason? You don't want to go through that again. And it would drive all the players crazy, especially the players who are towards the end of their contract, who are big playmakers, who are going to wonder, is this actually going to happen here? Or do I just take this deal with the Chiefs so I can finally get a ring? Not something you want. Not something you want to see. Um, But we have one new addition. We have the young Hope, who is just Chase Young. Chase Young obviously traded to the 49ers from uh, the Washington Commanders. Third round pick, effectively a, a, a third round pick that we got as a compensatory uh, from either the staff that went to the Texans or from Mike McGlinchey. And it, even if he goes and he signs a big contract elsewhere next year, we get a third, we effectively get a third round compensatory pick in exchange. So congratulations to John Lynch of just a really savvy rental of a player that I think that at minimum his floor is going to be higher than the options that we have now. And his ceiling has the potential to truly be game-changing. If you take his average PFF scores for uh, his defensive performance, 79. This is over the course of his career. Uh, Average run defense, 74.83. Honestly, that number should be higher. It's a little skewed because this year it's a little lower. Uh, An average pass rush, 72.4. These aren't bad numbers. Uh, These are numbers that ultimately are going to be not only he's already listed as the starter on the depth chart. If that tells you what they think of him in the front office. But I think that the combination of him being with Nick Bosa, Chris Kosarik, uh, that is a recipe for success because I'm sure you heard. um, But there have been reports that he was perhaps unmotivated, um, you know, only looking to make splash plays for himself is sort of what what people were saying. Uh, I would like to imagine that with Nick Bosa reigning defensive player of the year on the other end, I friend from college, I have to believe that there is a level of camaraderie that not only can galvanize that sort of competitive edge, but also the realization that he is not in Washington anymore. This is a team that can win it all. When you heard the Chase Young news, what did you think? How do you feel this can impact the team? My number one thought, why did the commanders make this trade? And it's not, I mean, I can, if you, if you delve into it, I can understand why they want to pick in 2024 rather than 2025. But the 49ers, if you look at this from a purely value perspective, they ultimately lose zero value in this trade. Why? Because they gave up a 2024 third-round compensatory pick. They already have two other third-round picks in 2024. You don't necessarily need an extra one. They have an abundance of picks in 24. And they, you want to shift one of those 24 ones to 25. 
And that's what the 49ers are doing with this move. You give away a 24 compensatory pick. You likely can't sign Chase Young, given what he's expected to command on the open market this year, which means you get a 2025 third round compensatory pick back. And so you're not losing too much in terms of draft pack, draft capital. You're also gaining an extra half season to Chase Young and paying him. I believe it's like 600000 this year. So you're not paying him much either. And so, so from a value standpoint, you definitely can understand the deal because you're not giving up much and you're getting a full half season of production. But then when you look at the numbers that Chase Young has provided this year, as a pass rusher, he's been good. Five sacks, 18.8% pass rush win rate. Uh, the second one is the highest of his career. And you can see why the run numbers are down a little bit. I think that that can be fixable. But when you talk about undisciplined, talking about going for splash plays, you can somewhat understand it. He's on arguably a bottom five defense statistically in the NFL and the Washington Commanders. They have consistently been bad. And so what do you need to help a bad defense? You need splash plays. You need big time plays when those opportunities arise. You also you, So you can understand why Chase Young might go for those. And I think he becomes more disciplined with a better group in San Francisco, whereas that might not have been the case, you know, in Washington, specifically on the back end. So I can understand, you know, I, I, you can talk about the concerns, but I do think that those get alleviated in San Francisco. I think this is a home run move and potentially the best move of any that any team made value wise at the trade deadline. Completely agree with everything you just said. I mean, with the splash plays point, it's so... I think of I think of the NBA actually, where at a certain point a player feels like they need to be the one, they need to be that guy, and it's it's interesting because it, it wasn't. I mean, clearly there were two killers on that defensive edge in Washington, and they they both found their new homes. Um, but I do think that this was probably the smartest. It, it, it was the smartest move. I mean, I, I can't imagine when you when you spread out all of the details of this transaction, nothing keeps me up at night. Nothing makes me sick to my stomach. And it honestly gives me an immense amount of confidence. It both gives me an immense amount of confidence in John Lynch, especially after they pulled the Christian McCaffrey trade, which last year I thought was very uncharacteristic of them. But lo and behold, they make a big move. And once again, they were able to pull off a maneuver that when you spread everything out, you know they didn't overpay. You feel like you got a great deal. And we understand the circumstances. Because, yeah, I mean, the, the truth of the matter is, is there's a reason why he's mum in front of a microphone when they ask him what his future is in San Francisco. He doesn't know. Uh, at this point, I would presume that he knows he's more valuable than the cap space we might have, avail have available for him. Right. But right. he's on a team that can win a Super Bowl. And he knows it. And he's with a very, very, you know, close friend in Nick Bosa. And together they can have a lot of fun creating a lot of damage. And that to me is the ultimate win-win. Because even if he leaves, we get a 2025 third. We're stocked up in the third round anyways. And chances are, you know, I, I don't know how many kickers are left out there to draft, but, you know we haven't necessarily invested in the in the third round um as well as we have later rounds frankly so i feel good about it i really do believe that he can make a big impact and and we're going to find out here very very soon um and we've got a matchup in jacksonville that 
could be tougher than we think, but ultimately is a, in my opinion, it's a game that we've got to win if we really want to set the tone for the rest of the year. When you look at this Jacksonville matchup, uh, what are your areas of concern and where do you feel confident going in? I think that this Jacksonville team is pretty darn solid. I mean, you, you can talk about Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence obviously is a good player, and I think he's a top quarterback in the league. But you can also talk about the the offense around Trevor Lawrence. I mean, this Jacksonville team is interesting. They've had some up and down games, but that offensive line, it's worked pretty well. And then they just added Ezra Cleveland, a guard for a pretty cheap price. He's a starting caliber guard. He's coming back from injury. He'll probably slot into the starting lineup. So you you have a solid offensive line that they're going against. You got some solid receivers there. I think they've got three good guys in Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, and Christian Kirk. So you, you got to account for all three. You've got a running back who's breaking out this year in Travis Etienne. And so when it all meshes together, it's a tough challenge for a defense that has struggled in both facets of the game, both the run and the pass in the recent weeks. And so I do, do think that the 49ers have their hands full there. When you look at the Jaguars' defense, I think you've definitely got a couple of good players. I mean, Josh Allen is uh, not the quarterback Josh Allen, but the defensive right. end Josh Allen. He's going through a pretty solid season. He's, though, kind of been, when you look at some of the weaknesses, he's the only guy, really, that's been really a, a dominant threat on that defensive line. He has nine and a half sacks, or nine sacks this year. Trayvon Walker is second with three and a half, but his pressure rate's been about average, and so... I think when you look at it, that's the guy who the 49ers need to target in their game plan and look to potentially double, you know, uh, double be it with a chip with the tight end, double with, you know, two different linemen, or hopefully Trent Williams comes back and that alleviates some of the concerns with that matchup. I think that that's the main guy you got to look at. But I think this Jaguars team overall is good. I mean, they're six and two for a reason. And also, when you look at some of their games, I mean, they've won some closer games. You you beat the Bills by five. You beat, uh, you know, the Steelers by 10, the Saints by seven. Um, they, they've only lost really one close game against the Chiefs, 17 to nine. Apart from that, they've won in a good portion of their games, especially the closer ones. They, find, they found ways to kind of sweat it out, grind it out, and win. 49ers haven't done that recently. So curious to see how this one goes. I do believe it'll be a close game. And uh, definitely the 49ers defense, that's kind of where they got their hands full. But the offense, they've got to find a way to bounce back as well. Hopefully they do it with the run game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you took the player, uh, plucked him right out of my mind. Josh Allen, I think, is someone you need to watch out for because Brock Purdy needs to build his rhythm again. And the last thing you need is someone knocking you to the ground, getting you out of your flow, disrupting your confidence, disrupting your timing. Uh, this game is very important for Brock Purdy because a bye week for everyone to kind of settle down, relax, compose themselves. Let's not get carried away about Brock Purdy. I think his body of work uh, is big enough to afford him some of these losses. He took, he took so many games where he won back to back to back spread them across two seasons so maybe we forget but three of them back to back to back uh really stirs the pot and boils the water quickly because they're so close their losses so close in proximity and they're often plagued by the same mistakes so one thing that brock needs is a come uh, is a comeback opportunity where he can step into his cleats, 
hit his rhythm, hit his timing, and put 30 points or more on the board again. I think if the Niners put up 30 points on the board, we will be uh, putting a W beside this game. I think if we don't put up 30 points, it's going to be very close. We cannot pretend like Jacksonville is the old Jacksonville because Jacksonville is ready to get to the playoffs. They're very serious about it, and they have spent too many years knowing what it feels like to be at the bottom, to not want this bad enough. So the question is, is will the winning culture translate into us getting uh, executing at the level we need to uh, when Sunday rolls around? I think it will. I think we we it, we it was not a mirage what we did in the first five games in the season. Obviously, we had the support of an all-star cast, but it was not a mirage. And I believe we can get back to that. But I do believe it's going to start by putting points on the board. I do think that what you said right there is important. You've got to put points on the board. And you, more importantly, got to protect Brock Purdy and make sure that – and if you're Brock Purdy, you got to make sure you got to get the ball out. I mean, if you look at the last three games, the losses – under pressure, Brock Purdy has completed just 50% of his passes, 17 to 34. Three of his interceptions have come in that range. And you've also had a couple of turnover-worthy plays in those three games. Brock Purdy also, when you look at the statistics, I mean, it's alleviated because there are some plays where you're, or, you know, it's it's inflated because there's some plays you're extending the play that obviously increases the time to throw. But his time to throw has been pretty high. It's been above three seconds in all three games where he's, you know, uh, been under pressure. And so you do want those kind of numbers to, to simmer down. But more importantly, you want the number of dropbacks where he's under pressure to low uh, to, to, to become lower. I think right. some of those guards, especially now without Aaron Banks, you're hoping that Trent Williams comes back. But that right side of the offensive line, you've got to shore up in the 49ers offensively. Just schematically, you got to find ways where you can help those guys out or help Brock Purdy out with some quicker throws and things like that, which, as I said earlier and as you've said, is a byproduct of opening up the run game and making sure the run game kind of goes to fruition on Sunday. Absolutely. I think if if we see the old Christian McCaffrey, uh, I mean, he was even hitting touchdowns while he was banged up. But if we see the old Christian McCaffrey, if he can get some support behind him, right? If we can, if we can see some of that depth start to shine through so that he is not required to be the bell cow every single down, I'm going to I'm going to have a lot more confidence uh as the game goes on. So we will see. Uh do you have any final score predictions on, on this game? Ooh, um probably let's go 27 to 24. Let's go 27-24 Niners. I think they come out with the with a win. I've been a little down on the Niners recently. I said they'd lose to the Bengals. Um, you know, I didn't predict a, a, a loss to the Minnesota Vikings, but yep. I said they lose to the Bengals. I think this one's going to be close. I could easily see the Jaguars winning this one. They're a good team. But the Niners, they, I think this is a must win in a way for the Niners. It's not a conference game. You know, it's not like you lose too much in the standings, but you want to set the tone, like you said earlier, for the second half of the season, 27-24 Niners. I think we get back to 30 points. I think there we're going to do it. I think we're going to do it. 21 to 30. That's where I think this is going. Uh, call me crazy, but I think we can do it. I feel 
confident that uh, we can restore our offensive prowess. And I also will say, I think Debo will have a big part in making that happen. Just a gut feeling, no statistical analysis. I just feel like he brings something to this team that we sometimes take for granted. Maybe I'm wrong, but we'll see. If if he if he ends up putting up a dud, you feel free to tweet at me. I don't care. I got nothing to lose. Um, any last closing thoughts before we hop off? I just want to say I appreciate you for bringing me on. I know we went through you know a little bit of a later start time, but nonetheless, it was a great show. Thank you so much for the opportunity and uh, definitely a fun one. Yeah, Rohan, I appreciate it, man. I'm gonna bring you back on when I've got all the bells and whistles. We normally do, uh, we normally do affirmations at the end of this, but we have to have the spa music. Without the spa music, it ain't gonna work. Um, but I really appreciate the time. We got many more games left. You and I will link up. I'll get you on for a real deal episode. But this was super valuable. Once again, you you've impressed me with just your your knowledge and the way that I can see that your brain works with respect to this team. It is no surprise why Niners Nation got lucky and hired you. So, Rohan, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, I'll go ahead and sign everybody off. Appreciate it, man. Take care. All right, guys, that's it for the show. I appreciate you sticking around with me. Um, you know, I don't want you to love me for my sound effects. I don't want you to love me for my segments. I want you to love me for who I am. You know, the kind of person I try to be for you. Because at the end of the day, uh, this is all for you guys, and I really appreciate the time. Looking forward to linking up with you guys next week. I will make sure all of my grievances are aired out with my streaming service provider. In the meantime, thank you, StreamYard, for saving my ass at the end of uh, regulation here. So thank you all for watching, and I will see you guys soon. Go Niners. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.